My guest today is a leading provider of counsel for legacy planning, family, and employment law, where she runs her practice, Jones Legal, in Houston, Texas. Please welcome Attorney Alicia Jones. Alicia, how's it going? Hi, it's going good. Hot, but it's going good. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely hot, 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 hot. And only June, like we were talking about earlier. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of inside time this year. A lot. To tell you. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, Alicia, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited uh, to see what questions you have for me, what information <laughs> we'll be able to share. Good, good. So with that, let's jump right into it. What do you do? I help families. So I, I have a law firm. And although I do family law and estate planning and probate, I don't want to see myself as a divorce attorney or as an death attorney or anything like that. But I help families in transition, meaning whether or not that transition is, like I said, a divorce, where that particular union has come to an end or where it is the end of someone's life. And now we're figuring out how the family moves forward or whether we're planning for when we pass, how do we want our loved ones to be able to move forward? So I help families in transition. Okay. I like that. I like that way to phrase it. And you know, <laughs> so, so let's, let's back up a little bit. Have you always okay. been interested in law? I have from this, uh, I think I've wanted to be two things in life. And I was a teacher and an attorney. And once I saw Claire Huxtable on the Cosby mm-hmm. show, I was like, oh, yep, there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I want to be. So, yes, always. That's great. Yeah, that, that show, uh, God, the show is so great. Mm-hmm. And really just seeing those positive role models and how it helps right. so many people like you to right. get to where you are to see those people on TV. That's great. Now, what about estate planning and what you're doing now? How'd you figure out that that's the role that you want to get into? Actually, my first ever client was a probate client. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my introduction to the probate world. And from there, um, of course, here lately with kind of waking up in our society and our community wanting to be more advanced and understanding that legacy planning is a part of that. So when we actually put plans into place, the millions that we're making on t-shirt businesses, or um, if we're doing body wraps, like whatever the uh, business is, because we have so many entrepreneurs in our community now, Mm -hmm. we can actually create a plan. So then the next generation doesn't have to start from scratch. They can start from where we left off. So I want to be an integral part of actually creating that environment and helping the next generation. Nice. All right. And now you're from Michigan, correct? I actually went to school in Michigan, but I'm originally from Alabama. Originally from where? Alabama. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. You can't hear the twang. (laughs) (laughs) No, I couldn't. (laughs) And you were a Division I basketball player, correct? Yes, yes. D1, I started all four years. Nice. So, yeah. What position? Three out of four, yes. I played the five, so I was banging in inside, yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. Are you watching basketball now? I would love to say that I am because it sounds good, but I have two kiddos and they care nothing about basketball, so no, I don't have time for that. (laughs) I hear that. Now, what brought you to Texas then? 
So I was duped. I got to tell you the truth. I was duped. I was in Michigan, you know, nine months out of the year. It's cold. It's dark. So I came to Houston in November because I have one brother. He lives here. And we, I visited him in November of like 2009. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so pretty here. The weather's nice. There's so many people and there's so many things to do. And I said, hey, I want to move here. He said, come on. I came back in May. And it was 100 degrees when I got here. Uh, but it was too late. I had already made the plans. I had already moved my stuff here. So that's how I ended up here. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, extreme cold. Because Michigan, I lived in the Northeast in New York oh, okay. for a while. Yes. But that Michigan cold is different. <laughs> that is different cold. It is. Yeah. It is. It's just nonstop mm -hmm. snow. And yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you're in Houston, new to Houston. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. is it? Uh, cause I know part of having your own practice in law is the business development part, correct? Mm -hmm. so yeah. How is. is that now with the being new in a city and what do you do to try and attract new clients and, and how was that being new to the city? So I will say my brother is a very, very good networker. Mm -hmm. So when I first got here, I was known as Chris's little sister. Nobody mm -hmm. even knew my first name, <laughs> but I would hang out with him and, you know, just meet people. And he would, of course, introduce me to any attorneys that he had, that he knew or that were his network. And I will say attorneys, we're way more friendly than people think. And we're very helpful, um, especially to other attorneys, to green, new attorneys. We want to help. We want to show them the way or give them some advice. So a lot of attorneys really just kind of took me under their wing. Mm -hmm. I also met through a fellow classmate of mine. I met a couple of guys, Norwood and Quinn in here, and they have been family ever since. Like they have helped, they've given me cases. They've given me, they've taken me to meet judges. They have let me um, help out with their trials, things like that. So that I could get that experience under my belt. So all of that, God putting them into place to help advance me. That's how I am where I am now. Nice. That's great. That's really good. And now you mentioned earlier about so many entrepreneurs here. Yeah. Uh, it, it just seems like so many, well, not it seems it is, so many entrepreneurs are moving from, and just people in general, businesses are mm -hmm. moving from the West Coast and the East Coast down to Texas. So has mm -hmm. that affected you at all? So I think that everybody is here. I don't know <laughs> many people that are like original Houstonians. Right. Most of the people that I know, like we all came from somewhere, you know, that pot. So just even with that idea already, I know that people, we become family because mm -hmm. you don't have anybody else here. So how can I help your business? How can I help your family succeed? Because we all we got, like yeah. <laughs> this is it here in Houston. But I mean, it's a community like anything else. Right, right. All right. And then you also mentioned uh, the way you phrase it is you're helping families in transition. So mm -hmm. you're doing the management and disposal of a person's estate during different times yeah. of their life, during their life, during the habilitation, there's a death, a right. divorce. Would you be able to kind of break down with the type of work that you've done, kind of like maybe the percentages of where that all lays? Like, is it, is it mostly divorces you're working with or death situations? So I would say, unfortunately, it is the dad's gone, now what? Yeah. grandma's gone now what yeah. we don't know where anything is we don't know if she had a will or she did have a will but nobody knows where it is mm. or we don't know if grandma and grandpa were actually married you know that happens a lot in our mm. community that wow. we have 
people living together for 20, 30 years, mm. but never actually formally got married. Or um, I've had a couple cases just here recently where grandma is still alive, but then the family starts to realize she's been married to somebody else the whole time that she was living with grandpa. Her and grandpa knew about it, of course. Mm-hmm. But that first guy, you know, he he left or he, he whatever happened to him, nobody knows where he is and nobody went through the formal processes of divorce. And I think one of the judges that I've interviewed called it a hood divorce where mm-hmm. you just stop dealing with each other. And then when somebody dies, it's like, okay, but there's a whole husband over here. There's a whole wife that we now need to deal with. So fortunately, to answer your question, a bigger percentage of my people for the estate planning and the probate side is not people coming in to be proactive. It's after someone has passed and they're like, okay, what do we do with the house? Right. Okay. They're a company called, you know, they worked for them for 40 years, but they don't know who to release the funds to, right. you know, that type of thing. Right. And then would you say a good number of your clients do not have a will in place or did not have a will in place? Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. That's, and it's more expensive. You know, if you just, I try to tell people, you're going to have to pay for it one way or the other, right? right. So if you plan ahead of time, you're actually saving costs. Because if we then have to have your family hire an attorney on the back end once you've passed, then you have court costs, you have attorney's fees, you have ad litem fees, service fees. And then on top of all that is the emotional strain mm-hmm. of your loved ones, not just having lost you and having to through all of your things for papers but then having to come to court to say i actually am her daughter or i yeah. actually am his son because you didn't put papers in place you didn't take that time to actually create that plan so that it's a little bit easier of a transition on the back end yeah and then yeah. on in hollywood we see mm-hmm. when situations like this happens there's a, there's a lot of infighting or we hear about stories like that do you see that a lot absolutely mm-hmm. death brings out the worst in- people unfortunately you have families that were doing very well right before somebody passed and then once somebody dies with the will or without you know families are like well is that what he really wanted or okay now you can move out of my dad's house because we never liked you anyway you know that type of thing so it unfortunately brings out the worst in people sometimes I think Aretha Franklin's estate is a really good example of this because I think at this point there are four wills And nobody knows which will is which. One of the wills, I think, was found in the couch at her house. Another one was in an attorney's office. So you have all these wills. You have one of her sons is special needs. So he can't even fight for himself, which means that there has to be an attorney appointed for him to fight for him. And that person gets paid from the estate. So if they now have to fight for him and spend $100,000, $300,000 just to fight for him because he is special needs, then now that's less money that the family has from the estate. So, so yeah, people fighting and people not coming together is going to happen. If you don't have a plan in place, unfortunately, it's going to happen. Wow, four wheels. Okay. All right. (laughs) So now, so with you, can you talk about what a, a typical day looks like for you? So I'm going to give you two spectrum, right? So we have um, a little joke in our office that, oh, it felt like November. So we had a November, like our November, I think just last year, we averaged about seven hearings per week Mm. and there are only five working days. So you can imagine actually prepping for a hearing, being in the hearing, doing the order after the hearing. So we have those days where when we come in the office, the phone is ringing 
from start to finish. And we're drafting orders, we're drafting motions, we're speaking to clients, kind of trying to talk them off the ledge. Like I said, I do some family law. So unfortunately, a lot of pettiness comes with family law. So it's like, hey, he, he dropped him off at 6.05 instead of six at six o'clock. And people actually will call and say that he gave him chicken nuggets and I wanted him to have fish sticks. You know, so talking people off the ledge, reminding them that you still have to be reasonable. This is just a case that we're in, but this is this is your life. So we do that. The team, we try to meet at the beginning of the day to say, okay, what do we need to really focus on? Do we have any fires that we need to put out? And after that, we are heads down working until lunchtime. And we go through our lunches and everything. Right now, because of COVID, we are able to appear virtually. So I do have an associate attorney. So she and I will hop from computer to computer to make sure that we're present if we have like dual settings Mm -hmm. or if we have a mediation and a court setting. She'll hop on one, I'll hop on the other and just represent there. And we're really just working. We're calling clients, we're advocating, we're reminding clients, hey, send us, you know, the intake form, send us the information. So I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of people think, oh, you just, you go to court and you fight all the time. No, not really. You know, it's a lot of in the office work, a lot of preparation because most cases actually settle before they even get to court. Very, very few, very small percentage of cases actually go to like a trial as far as it concerns like family law cases. And then with probate, I've been licensed for 10 years and I have never had a probate trial. Mm. And I want to say, and we've gotten close, but in 10 years, we've never actually gotten to the point to have a probate trial. So it really is a lot of preparation. And that's where the hard work goes into. And that's a lot of things that our clients don't see, but we are in the office working, negotiating, trying to get settlements, trying to advocate, trying to work out deals for our clients. All right. No, it's interesting that so many of these don't even get to the actual trial date in the trial. So with that, with all that you said, it seems like communication skills are important for you. Mm -hmm. Multitasking, there's so many cases that you're doing or working on. Mm -hmm. The leadership skills that you're working with your associate attorney and your team, of course, you're working, you're doing business development, you're speaking to clients, you're drafting orders, all of that. So (laughs) what... What skills and characteristics would you say are important to be successful in your line of business? I would say the top two would be integrity and being able to prioritize. One, integrity so that you're doing things the right way. So whatever systems you build will be built on integrity. And then when it comes to prioritizing, yes, you'll have clients call all day long about what they think may be emergencies but you know what the actual emergencies are, are the top priorities are for your firm. So as long as you can stay focused on that, then you can continue to be successful and you can continue to be productive. Mm, got it. Okay. I like that. All right. Now you talked about going undergrad in Michigan and I believe you studied criminal justice. Yeah. Uh, so let me clarify. I went to okay. undergrad in Alabama at Troy. Oh, I did okay. study criminal oh, wow. justice and minor in English. And I went to law school in Michigan. Okay. Got it. All right. Okay. Wanted to find out the steps you took. So, yeah. All right. And then, but I would suggest, if I can say, if somebody's listening is wondering, okay, little law school, what should I take to, you know, to get prepared for that? Right. I would do business administration because that's one thing that you're not taught in law school. You're taught the law, how to look at it, how to analyze it, but you're not taught how to run a business to be successful Mm. as an attorney. I mean, if you intend to work for somebody forever, then no need. But if you ever intend 
and to have your own or understand how the business of the, of the law works, then I would definitely suggest business administration. That's, that's good advice. Great advice. And I think that's with other areas too, like let's say people wanting to be a doctor and want yeah. to have their own practice and things of the nature. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Now, so you went to undergrad. Did you go straight from undergrad to law school? I had about a year in between where I knew I was going, but I, I think I took the test late and then I got my results like that following spring. Okay. So I graduated in 06 from college and I went to law school in 07. So about a year in between. All right. And how was it? How was the LSAT? You know. <laughs> and studying for it. <laughs> it is such an antiquated test. It's so it has nothing to do with the law, people. I'm telling mm. you right now, it has nothing to do with the law. It's all logic. Wow. So if you're a good test taker and if you can understand what they're really trying to get you to say, then you can be successful with the LSAT. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, can you talk about what you love about what you do? Oh, so there, ooh, there's so much. I actually <laughs> really enjoy what I do. I love talking to clients, especially when they're coming in and they have, you know, the rubber bands, how you have that rubber band ball. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they come in with that rubber band ball and they just, they're tight, they're wound up and there's so many different elements and aspects and they don't understand like, what can I do? So when they actually give me that and I'm able to unravel that for them yeah. and when they can sit back in their chair and breathe a little bit. And when I can tell them, you know, you concentrate on you, mm -hmm. let us concentrate on the case being able to take that pressure off of them and being able to advocate for people that would not otherwise have that is definitely a thrill. I also really, really, really enjoy trails. I love, I think, I don't know if it's the, the, the theatrics of it, or I, I'm just in my element when I am, you know, presenting to a jury and I'm arguing before the judge, those types of things. I don't even eat. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't even eat beforehand. Like, it's almost like college when it would be a, a good basketball game. You know, yeah. you're, you're focused, you put in your game music, mm -hmm. those types of things. So that's what it's like for me when, it, when I'm getting ready for trial and when I'm there, it's like, give me some water so my mouth yeah. doesn't get dry. Let's get it. Let's go. <laughs> do, you, do you feel yourself sometimes when you're speaking that you're kind of like in basketball where you feel like you're in the zone and everything is just coming out yes. right? Okay, that's yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that is cool. All right. Now, what about on the flip side, though? What type of challenges are out there for you? Any obstacles or anything that keeps you up at night? The business side, it really mm -hmm. is. I am first generation attorney and nobody told me, hey, you know, do some business administration or some business management because owning your own firm is, is, is cute from the outside. But when it comes down to payroll and, you know, the whole HR aspect of the firm and how do you get clients? I'm not a I don't do marketing, you know, right. how do I make sure that I'm marketing me and the integrity that I want to represent the firm? And like, like we talked about earlier, a typical day is very busy. Mm -hmm. And I have a husband and two children that are my first ministry, my first devotion. So I'm not going to be up all night doing marketing plan at the firm, but it has to be done. Right. So I would say that is one challenge that I'm working through now is being able to find the right professionals to help me develop the business side of the firm to make sure that it's an actual business that I can hand down to my children, whether they sell it um, or whether they actually walk into it as attorneys themselves. 
Hmm. And then as far as the pandemic, was that or is it a challenge for you or was it kind of seamless working virtually and working with Zoom and things of that nature? It was a blessing in disguise. Mm. So for me, I had my son January of 2020. So I was still on maternity leave when the pandemic hit. So I was like, great, now I could just stay at home even longer <laughs> and be with my son and, you know, kind of work my way back into the firm. So it was a blessing for me. And the nice. firm has done very well. We have continued to have clients coming in. People are continuing to, to call. So it, it's been a blessing for my firm. That's great. That's great. (laughs) All right. And can you talk about any memorable moments that stick out to you in your career? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Uh, hmm. Memorable moments. I, I would have to point to my very first jury trial and I had a good friend sit in with me on the trial and So we're picking a jury and it's hard to see the jurors responses to the questions you're asking and continue to ask your questions and be in in flow. And after that trial, a lot of the jurors were able to speak to us. Like once we had our verdict and everything, this was a family law case, but once we had our order and everything from the jury, our verdict from the jury, they were able to say, oh man, we understood exactly what you were saying. And when you said that part about you know, that, and we tied that together and we were under, you know, we were able to understand that. And for that validation to know that non-attorneys are able to understand and see the case in the way that I am. And I was able to be victorious for my client. Mm-hmm. That was a high. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that was definitely a high. Nice. Nice. <laughs> now with these trials, and this might be an um, ignorant question on my half, but no, go ahead. with these trials, are they always by jury or do you have some by judge also so you could have both you can have a bench trial or you can have a jury trial so typically in family court anything up to the final trial is going to be a bench trial which means it's only the judge but yeah you can have both you can choose the client can choose whichever one they want jury versus bench Mm -hmm. okay all right Mm -hmm. now you mentioned that great advice earlier about getting into business administration and business management Mm -hmm. do you have Any other advice that you would like to give to people getting into law? Get a mentor Mm. and get a mentor that represents where you want to be. I was told this, that you should always have three sets of people in your life. People that are at your level that you're walking with, people that are behind you, that you are bringing up, that you're able to mentor, and then people that are ahead of you that you can call with questions and things like that. So that's what I would suggest to create that now. And to have people at every stage and every phase of your life that you can call, even if it's, hey, I'm newly married or, hey, I want to open up a firm or I want to be in this particular practice area. Have somebody that represents where you want to be. But don't forget the people behind you, yeah. because even if you're just starting wherever you are, somebody still wants to be there. Yeah. So even if you're just starting, somebody wants to be there. If you yeah. just did the LSAT, somebody else wants to be there. So you can always have room to help somebody behind you. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And yeah, I feel that mentors are so important. They've already yeah. walked that walk before. So yeah. utilize that, reach out to them. Right. And you can always read something or, or look at something here, but the, these people have walked that walk. They are your answer yeah. right here for most of the questions that you have. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're right. Not only hang with the people that are doing what you're doing and your mentors, but also 
help people mm-hmm. that need help. So right. Same way that you're being helped and, and people are reaching out their hand to help you do the same to others. So I love that. I yeah. really love that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Alicia, we're at the end of this interview. I want to head over to this quick hitter question, uh, quick hitter Uh-oh. session. Well, yeah, asking you Uh-oh. some questions for fun. <laughs> it <laughs> okay. will be fine. Be, yeah. <laughs> but, but before we do that, though, I want to see if there's anything additional that you would like to talk about or anything you think I might have left off asking you. No, but one thing does come to mind as well, and I want to say an attorney told me this, he had been practicing for maybe even 30 years at that point, and I asked him how he knew which area of law to go into because he was working at the Cochrane firm, actually, so that, you know, they do personal injury, civil rights, and he said, you never really know. You kind of just try some things out, and then you figure it out, so Although having a plan is the greatest thing, of course, try different areas of law, try different, even if it's not law, try different things because you never know whether it's food, clothes, whatever your interests are, try multiple things so that you can actually figure out where your niche is. Right. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice again. (laughs) All right. So let's go to this quick hitter session. Okay. First question. What's your favorite sports team? L.A. Lakers. Come okay. on now. All right. <laughs> Sorry about this year, but, oh, but you know. guys, but, but hey, but you guys are the champs still, right? Yes, of, yeah. course. <laughs> of course. Always. Right. Always. <laughs> favorite movie or show? Oh, the game has to be mm. my favorite movie. It is. Yeah. Michael Douglas. Yes. Yeah. Michael Douglas, the game. Yeah. I, Yes, if you haven't seen it, watch it mm-hmm. and DM me, tell me how you like it or don't <laughs> like it if you're a hater. Uh, favorite show, uh, I would have to say, I'm going to go with Cosby Show again. Oh, yeah. You know, right. seeing how Claire Huxtable, which Felicia Rashad is like my icon. Like if yeah. I ever met her, I would just turn to a puddle. Um, <laughs> but seeing her look good, be mm-hmm. a good mom, be a yeah. good wife and be a killer attorney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's everything. Yeah. Is she from Houston? <laughs> she is. Yeah, that's yes. okay. <laughs> yes. Come on, Felicia. Come out of the house if you come back home. <laughs> Love it. Oh, and so with the shows, when you see, and movies, when you see shows like Law and & Order and with the firm uh, for movies or any type of shows dealing yeah. with law, can you just enjoy yourself and look at it? Or are you kind of scrutinizing <laughs> and saying, that's not how things work? And <laughs> You already know. We're like, that's not a proper objection. They can't question him like that. That didn't mean it's Miranda right. No, I'm doing it the whole show. And my husband's like, can you just enjoy it? It's just, they're just acting. I'm like, why won't they turn on the lights in the, uh, in the office? Why are they interviewing people in the dark? Like, yeah, I, I get way too far into it. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I figured so, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite musical artist or group? Ooh, now that's a good one. <laughs> First one that came to mind is Music Soul Child mm. for voice. Oh, I think maybe Ty would take. I think he might be okay. Ty. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm, yep. Good ones. Need right. I say more? Is Music Soul Child and Tank? Need right. I say more? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what about favorite vacation spot? Any place I haven't been so far. I would say, though, Jamaica. Oh, yes. Man. Ah, just the air, the people, the food. Culture. The everything. Yeah, the culture. Exactly. 
different the from the uh, other but Caribbean islands I feel this that culture is so strong yeah 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 you know. they're you know they're not rushing for Mm-mm. anything it's like what would you like to do let's yes. just <laughs> walk here let's relax let's enjoy the moment Mm -hmm. so jamaica hands down yeah and favorite food or drink oh i'm gonna have to go with seafood Mm -hmm. i am me and my husband are both big seafood people we are on a quest now to find the absolute best seafood spot in houston okay so we're gonna make rounds if you have some suggestions let me know and i don't know who's gonna listen to this so my favorite drink is water All right. I like it. I've had a few people that said that. So, <laughs> any particular seafood restaurant so far that you like in Houston? Oh, Ocean Air is really okay, really yes. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lotus Seafood in Pearland. If you want some good fried huh. thing, fried everything, Lotus Seafood is a good one. I'll try that out. Okay. Well, Alicia, this has been great. Uh, yes, this conversation. Yeah, I learned a lot. <laughs> I love what you do. Love how you advocate for people, help people, as you say, in the transition yeah. and all the help that you do for people. Congrats on all that you've done so far on your Thank firm. You. Yeah. And keep doing what you're doing. And Thank you. Yeah. And so if people want to reach out to you, families, people, how do they reach out to you? They can give us a call or they can visit the website, ajoneslegal.com okay. or social media platform, The Legacy Lawyer. All right. And can you say the website one more time? It is ajoneslegal.com. Or you can find us on social media at The Legacy Lawyer or at Jones PLLC. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Alicia. Thank Uh, you. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem at all. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Have a good one. You too. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.